If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. If you like your private health insurance plan, you can keep your plan, period. If you are among the hundreds of millions of Americans who already have health insurance through your job, or Medicare, or Medicaid, or the VA, nothing in this plan will require you or your employer to change the coverage of the doctor you have. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Find out what is in it. This is America's Healthcare Challenge on the Mighty 1290 Coil, the Mighty1290Coil.com, and the Mighty 1290 Coil mobile app. America's Healthcare Challenge is produced and sponsored by E.D. Bellis. Now, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome to America's Healthcare Challenge. Hope you're having a great week here on the program. Thanks again for joining us. If you're listening on the Mighty 1290 Coil or their app, or maybe you're listening on the Edie Bellis SoundCloud page. Thanks again for joining us. We're going to be talking all things uh, employer mandate and regulations this week, but that's not going to be as boring as it might sound because we've got a couple of fantastic guests lined up for you. Uh, first up, uh, at the bottom of the hour, we've been trying to get him for a long time, but he's going to be joining us here on the program. That is Doug Helzer of Simplify Benefits out in Columbus, Ohio, friend of uh, the program is going to be joining us to talk, give us his take on some of the changes in the insurance marketplace and, in particular, what businesses need to be doing to prepare for themselves uh, for this uh, huge compliance wave that we've been talking about on this program. And coming up next segment, or, or in a very short t- amount of time, we are also have got uh, Jessica Smith from the Platt Institute joining us uh, to talk about their latest Platt Chat, which is a white paper on the clock ticking down to another a harmful Obamacare uh, mandate, and so they will be sharing uh, the thoughts and uh, analysis uh, with us coming up next segment. But I wanted to take a moment to uh, review the news for this week and point out a, a blog uh, piece that I found uh, quite interesting uh, on the Health Systems Ed page, and it's the Internet of Healthcare Things um, at the Point of Care. And Peggy Salvatore uh, wrote this article, and uh, it's really um kind of playing uh, playing off a, a Beatles reference of Imagine, and uh, it's about uh, the computer brain meeting patient data. And we've talked on this program many times about uh, this emergence of technology, artificial intelligence, and data in general um, in the healthcare um, industry through um, electronic medical records, through these new uh, Fitbit devices, through genetic testing, and, and other things. And so this article... Uh, goes through uh, some of the things that could really happen. They had predicted that IT is going to completely change everything, and uh, when they uh, get through all these points, uh, they come to that conclusion. And they say some of the things like, for example, imagine um, going to the doctor that already knows your medical history, won't require you to fill out pages of information, which you've had to do many times. It seems like I have to give them my birthday uh, and Social Security all the time. And um, this thing would not be the case in the future. Imagine that your doctor's staff won't have to re-input any inaccurate data. I know that data's gotten wrong all the time. Imagine if we could track whether prescriptions are filled so we'd know which treatments worked and which patients and which ones caused side effects. I know there's a lot of other costs associated with this system because of side effects uh, for certain drugs or treatments that were wrong. Imagine having baseline mammograms, colonoscopies, x-rays, CT scans, and more that are available to any healthcare provider at any time in your life uh, to see if you have a condition, a change, or just an old scar. 
That'd be interesting. What about uh, imagine if this mistakes avoided, the conditions identified and treated early and effective, and the cost of duplicate paperwork and medical testing was eliminated? I know many of us have probably had to do the same test twice uh, only to have the same result. Uh, finally, uh, imagine that the end game there's an end game for all of this electronic health records, and I know this is something that's that's happening all of the time. And, and what they're basically talking about is uh, this announcement of Watson and IBM, IBM Health, uh, which they're basically promoting uh, heavily, heavily. I know they're, they're using Watson to do things. I, I think I read this week that uh, a, a kitchen, for example, Watson was able to perform. Uh, uh, kitchen duties and cook up a bunch of food, I think like at the rate of like 200 people or something like that. And now they're trying to uh, use Watson and our, uh, other things uh, with computers to uh, attack healthcare. And I think it's, um, it's, it's really right around the corner and it's not, it's not too uh, far-fetched to think that um, we're going to have some incredible uh, things happening with us in the future uh, of healthcare as far as, as maybe even being taken care of uh, by computers or artificial intelligence or even Watson because these things uh, never take any time off. They're not overworked. They don't have to deal with insurance companies, and they're going to have uh, a lot of an impact uh, on us. Again, this person a few years ago said that they predicted health IT would deliver better outcomes, lower costs, and improve access, and many people are arguing that they believe they are on their way. And so that was my story for the week. Uh, the Internet of, th of Healthcare Things uh, on the Health Systems blog. But let's take a look uh, at some local uh, perspective uh, this week here on America's Healthcare Challenge. We've got this uh, pesky employer mandate just around the corner. We've been talking about it many times on the program, and we're joined by Jessica Smith, who is the director of research and wrote an interesting white paper, The Clock Ticking Down to Another Harmful Obamacare Mandate. Jessica, welcome to the program. How's it going today? Thank you. It's going pretty well. How are you? Not too bad. I noticed that you worked for uh, Senator Crapo. Um, I did. Yeah, I was just right down the hall because I worked for the Senate Finance Committee just there in Dirksen. So oh, the you front did. office you were, was right around the corner. Right down, you were right down the hall from me. Yes. That's fantastic. Yes. So I'm reading uh, your article or your white paper, I guess you guys are calling them Platt Chat. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background a little further um, and the Platt Institute and then um, the, the background of these Platt Chats, and then we can dive into some of the content. Sure. Well, I am originally from Nebraska. I'm a native Nebraskan from Omaha, but I spent the past six years working in DEC on Capitol Hill, and I spent the full time working for Senator Mike Crapo from Idaho, um, recently returned to Nebraska. My fiance was here. We were kind of doing the long distance thing, uh, from DC to Nebraska and we are getting married actually in one week. So oh, wow. we are, well, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So I, back in Nebraska and it feels wonderful. And we, I, uh, right now I am, uh, <clears throat> working on, for the Platt Institute. I'm the new director of research mm -hmm. and the Platt Institute is a nonprofit that seeks to find public policy solutions for economic problems. So, you know, high taxes, uh, more school choice, health care. We kind of investigate different solutions for all of these issues and try to bring about the best result for all Nebraskans. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what are you finding uh, in your research? I know that it uh, seems like this um, emergence of uh, government regulation has got a lot of people worried. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it, it's everything from... 
increasing federal regulations from the Department of Agriculture, from the Environmental Protection Agency. It just really seems to be a systemic trend that government, particularly the federal government, is really impeding folks' lives. Um, and Obamacare is an example, of probably the most intrusive example of that. And I think we're, if you haven't felt the burden yet from it, you're really going to feel it you know, come January when the full employer mandate kicks in. Right, right. And so that's kind of the, the purpose of this article. Uh, why don't we just kind of go through it a little bit and, and talk about what you found in your research? Sure, absolutely. So, so, so yeah, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. Yeah, I'm fine. You know, so we what we first off, what we looked at, um, most as, as most listeners probably know, Nebraska is a huge small business state, and 96.6% of all businesses in our state are small. So any kind of a mandate that is gonna, going to affect that group is really going to have an impact in our economy. Um, so, you know, we looked at that, and we saw that the full employer mandate is going to kick in January 1st, 2016. Now, what that means is right now, if you have a business that is 100 full-time employees or uh, or less, you are subject to Obamacare. So you have to offer all of your employees um, an a, a insurance plan or you pay a penalty. Um, it's usually about $2,000 for uninsured employees. So what is going to happen in January is that threshold kicks down to 50 full-time employees. As it was so originally it, it goes, written, basically. Right, right. So it's going to go for even more smaller folks. And, you know, you think, well, okay, a lot of companies, though, already offer insurance plans. You know, that's not going to be a big deal. If you don't, you probably should be. So, okay. Well, when you look into it a little closer, you know, first off, most of these plans that companies already offer will not pass the, the requirements that Obamacare puts on for insure, private insurance plans. So the whole, you like your plan, you can keep it. Well, just, you know, as we've seen before, you're probably not going to be able to keep your plan. Um, a lot of insurance companies are already warning small business groups that your plan, you know, the new requirements under Obamacare are so rigorous that your plan that you're offering right now is probably not going to not going to be acceptable. So you're going to have to go on to the small business exchange and buy your plan through there, which, you know, frankly, they probably have those requirements so tough to force folks to go to the exchange, <clears throat> right? Because that's what makes, you know, Obamacare successful theoretically, is if you've got a lot of people paying into the market. So you're probably going to, you know, this, you're going to see a lot of small businesses having to go to the, the, the exchange to buy insurance for their employees. But now when you look at a, a state like Nebraska, we a lot of national insurers aren't willing to pay into the exchange because it's just there's so much uncertainty. They don't know if it's really going to be that cost-effective. So there's only one plan right now that is offered on the small business exchange, and that's a Blue Cross Blue Shield. Actually, I think Blue Cross Blue Shield offers two plans, but one provider. So it's really it's a government mandate coming down on, on businesses, on private businesses, and you've got to buy from basically a monopoly. It's, it's just unacceptable. So what are the businesses uh, saying that you guys are, are talking to? You know, frankly, everyone is really worried about this. They're really worried that this is going to, you know, affect their ability to hire new people um, because right now, you know, they're 
there's going to be costs associated with this. Um, very few are, you know, are going to skate by and be okay with their current plan. So you're either going to be paying the penalty or you're going to be paying to bring all your employees onto the exchange. So there's going to be costs, which, as we all know, are passed along to the employers. So either reduce take-home pay or they're not going to be able to hire, hire more people. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's probably going to be one of the, the biggest impacts. Um, low-income households actually will be disproportionately affected by this because employers are going to be less likely to hire somebody who is going to need insurance or who already doesn't have insurance. Um, so that's that's another negative side effect. But Do you, you think know, they should have expanded Medicaid? No. That would help those people, wouldn't it? You know, you, you would think that, but with Medicaid right now, if you expand it, it's, there's so many negative consequences with that. What needs to happen, frankly, in Nebraska is you revamp the entire system. I mean, it's it's a plug right now. It's, you know, if you've got a, like, if you've got a boat and would you, you know, do you plug the holes or you've got, you've got a boat that's sinking? Do you plug the holes or do you just try and get a whole new boat and start, start over? You know, it's, we, expanding Medicaid would have been a Band-Aid. So, you know, it's, I think that there's a lot of, there's a long room for reforms in healthcare and we've got a long way to go, but this way is just further making a mess of the system, frankly. Have you guys um, done any um, like white papers or research on alternatives for the people that are kind of caught in that gap because the, the state didn't expand Medicaid and they can't get Absolutely. a subsidy? What, what are some ideas? Yeah, we've got, a, we've got a white paper on our website. You can check it out, a policy study that we did. Um, that has a whole slew of things that you know you can you can look at. We we've got to have different private options that will help people because right now you know Medicaid for some people can be a good fit, but it's not a good fit for everybody. So we've got different options that you can look into. We've got to you know be able to provide a system that gives people affordable quality insurance. And right now Medicaid seems to be kind of going the opposite way. Yeah, yeah. So, like, what what do you think? Uh, what would be an alternative to to like the ACA if if the state could come up with its own solution? It's an alternative to the ACA. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, you'd probably have to look into our policy paper further to, to really get a. I'm not sure I'm qualified to answer what an entire alternative would look like, but mm-hmm. um, but there are some out there, and there's ideas being discussed, and we need more. Um, I think you you got to look at something that is market-driven, so you've got to have more insurers willing to, you know, go out and offer plans uh, because that increases competition, and it's going to be good for everybody. You've also got to have a mechanism to help those the, the vulnerable and needy that can't, can't that, that need some help to be able to have, you know, quality health care. And you've got to have a system, too, that provides that, which is right now that's the Medicaid component. Uh, but, you know... There's a lot of different different things you can you can look at. There's a lot of ideas floating around. Um, so we we just got to really be thinking outside the box. Right on, right on. We're talking with Jessica Smith from the Plat Chat. We're talking about uh, their latest white paper, clock ticking down to another ob- harmful Obamacare mandate. Um, what do you think businesses that sh- should be doing that have been burying their head in the sand um, and just not aware of this issue? Do you think most know about this? Uh, employer mandate thing? You know, I think 
I think a lot of them do, but there's going to be a lot that also don't and probably have been burying their head in the sand and and don't want to think about it. But what they need to do right now is look at your group, look at your business. How many full-time employees do you have? And you also need to be really mindful of that because the federal government is taking a very broad interpretation. So let's say you've got 20 full-time employees, but, you know, 30 of them are part-time or or kind of independent contractors. So you don't think that you're really going to fall into that category. You know, you're you're probably going to be exempt from having to do uh, – you're going to be exempt from the Obamacare regulations. You're thinking. But actually, that's not true. The IRS has started um, looking exactly into what the independent contractor really means. So, you know, there's a lot of things you need to do to – see how many full-time employees you actually have and how many the government will count. Um, so that's your first step. How many employees do you have? Are you going to be subject to the laws, regulations, or will you be exempt? The second step is looking at your current plan that you're offering, if you offer a plan, and looking at the new requirements that go in, the ratings and benefits requirements, I believe it's called, and seeing if you're going to be able to pass every single step. I believe it's a 10-prong process. You likely won't, but just to be safe, you know, go through and see, am I going to be okay or will I have to offer a new plan? If it looks like you're going to have to offer a new plan, you know, then you want to go and take a look at what's available on the shop, which is the Small Business Healthcare Exchange, Health Options Program Marketplace is the technical name, to see what plans are available that you can offer your employees. Now, that's frankly the, the downside is that there is in Nebraska only that one plan uh, or one insurance provider, Blue Cross Blue Shield, which offers two plans. So that's what you kind of need to do to make sure you don't have to pay the penalty and that you'll be compliant if you do fall under the employer mandate. Sounds good. Sounds good. Any uh, final thoughts uh, or, or advice for the audience? You know, every week we do a uh, plat chat, which is a piece that we publish on our website, variety of issues. Um, this next week will be a legislative wrap-up about, you know, how the how the year looked, how the session looked for the Nebraska Unicameral. Um, and we encourage you always to go and check out our website and to follow us on Twitter um, at Platt Institute. And, yeah, that's great. We appreciate it. That sounds good. Well, thanks so much for your time. What, again, was the website? Uh, PlattInstitute.org. org. Well, Jessica Smith, Director of Research, from the Platt Institute, thank you so much for your time uh, here on America's Healthcare Challenge. Hope you can come back again sometime. Thank you so much. All right, have a great one. You too. That was Jessica Smith. You're listening to America's Healthcare Challenge. Coming up next segment, uh, we've got uh, a pretty big heavyweight on the healthcare, uh, health and insurance industry uh, joining us uh, from Ohio. Uh, that is Doug Helzer uh, on the program next. Bubbles, only sky.